and gentlemen, welcome to episode 168 of the Finger Guns podcast. My name is Roscoe. How on earth are you? I do hope you are well. I am joined this week by Mrs. Tom Woods. Did you just say Mrs.? No, I said Mr. Tom Woods. <laughs> it did sound like you said Mrs. Sorry, that wasn't I'm, intentional. I'm glad it wasn't just me that heard it. Um, hello. Hello, how are you? Very well, mate. How are you? I'm good. 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 How's your yeah. week been? Oh, been all right, yeah. Uh, I've got stuff to obviously talk about for Game of the Week in regards to that, but otherwise they uploaded a new episode of Sandman on Netflix. Uh, out, yeah. out, out of the blue. So watch that. I've, yeah, I've just, I've just got to episode four. I haven't started it yet, but how you liking it? I'm three episodes in. Um, yeah, it's not it's not hooking me in just yet, but mm. I'm gonna persevere because I'm a big fan of um Jenny Coleman. Yeah. So I'm gonna see her. I like her, I like her Constantine. So mm. uh, I'm gonna see how that plays out. Uh, so yeah, should be fun. Miles Thompson. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. General Kenobi. <laughs> it never gets old, does it? It never gets no. old. I don't think I'll ever tire of doing it. <laughs> I'm <laughs> so glad good. that you humour me every week. Oh, of course. Um, yeah, no, I'm all right. Thank you. It's uh, It's been a busy week for games, weirdly. Um, mm. I can't talk about most of what I want to talk about, but no, I will be yet. able to talk about it soon. <laughs> but I will be able to talk about it soon. But um, yeah, otherwise been good. Thank you. Just... Uh, plodding along keeping up with work and went to see Coldplay this week that was cool how were Coldplay they were fucking amazing oh yeah like Lady Gaga was cool sorry Lady Gaga as we've adopted uh, it now um but Coldplay are just out of this world like I don't you can tell he's done or they've done like so many shows because they just smash it out of the park and it was pretty phenomenal i got to sing the scientist live with eighty thousand other people oh. and it was amazing so yeah good times yeah they're one of those bands that don't get enough credit for what they no. do um they are as a live band i saw them a couple of years ago when they're head by the dream store and it was it was looking at pictures and stuff it was very similar it was all the the wristbands and confetti and you know, just the craziness, and um, they're an they're an amazing live band. Oh, completely, and yeah, I totally agree. Like they did all the wristband stuff, like you said, and it was just they brought on Natalie and Brulia. Like she was just there with them, and then they sang "Torn," which is the only song of hers I actually know, so that was cool. Um, <laughs> and then they sang a rendition of um, "Summer Nights" from Greece. Cat, Cat will know this. Um, "Summer Nights" from Greece. Um, in honor of Olivia Newton John, which was also, I was like, that's pretty unique. I don't think many concerts will ever have that opportunity. So I was like, that's pretty cool. Mm, yeah. Nice one, man. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Glad you, glad you enjoyed it. Uh, thanks for uh, not getting me a ticket. Uh, Kat. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hey, pal. Hey, pal. How's it going? Yeah, it's going good. It's going good. I'm feeling a lot better. As you can hear, my good, voice good. is uh, back to my usual annoying self. Yay! 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 Um, yeah, so I'm off my meds now. I was, I've finished them today or yesterday. That was my mm. first day off them in like two weeks. So that's good. Um, yeah, as I was just telling you, I've absolutely ravaged Stranger Things this time last week. I hadn't watched one episode, and now I'm on season four, episode four. 
So, well, season four, episode impressive. five, technically. Uh, so, and I love it. And I'm actually pretty sad that I've got like three episodes left. That I'm like, do I binge it all or do I, you know, space it out like I did Horizon? I think it's made to be binge Stranger Things. It is, but it's so fucking long, man. Such a time sink. That was season four. But it does go quite quickly. It really does. When I finished the last episode, I was like, no way that was two and a half hours. There's <laughs> no way. It absolutely flew by. It was so much fun. Yeah, it's incredible. It's it was it's a really, really good show. Um, I was just telling you guys, Miles was like, Oh, I'm gonna get some air. Do you wanna come for a walk? And I was like, Can't talk now, stuff is happening. It's a big old like speech, big old drums are coming in, like I haven't got time, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very cool. Very How are cool. you, Roscoe? Oh, thanks so much for having me. <laughs> um I'm really good. Yeah, I'm really good. Good. I haven't really thought about it until then. I was like, Oh no, 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 no I'm really good. Yeah, things are good. Things are uh, very well. Like I said, I've started Sandman. That was fun. Um, I haven't done a huge amount of gaming this week, actually, because I've been I've been working a whole lot. But um, what I have played, I shall talk about in uh, in Game of the Week, which is coming up. Well, let's do it now. Right now! So, Game of the Week. I'll start from the top. Tom Woods, your Game of the Week. Uh, it's Rollerdrome. Oh, that's my Game of the Week. Right, carry on. <laughs> it's, I mean, we can get into it now if you'd like. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Why um, not? Let's do it. I beat I beat the main campaign. <laughs> you know, like you did. Two hours. It's it's really short. It is short. It's it's about I think it took about two and a half, three hours, maybe. Uh I did a lot of restarting on the earlier rounds to get all the challenges done. Because some of them are like quite tough. There's a lot of um mm. beat under a set like a part-time, which probably took the most time. But yeah, it's just it didn't I to me it didn't show very well. Um it looked it looked like a good idea, but it looked quite slow. Uh it's one of those games that when you play it, you just feel that it's good like right away. Uh I beat the tutorial and was like, oh, okay, I get it. Um it's it's just a really it's like if Tony Hawk's Pro Skater was a blood sport um on rollerblades. It's it's very very fun it's not there's not a lot to say about it it does have like a story element that i wasn't really that i wasn't there for it i I wanted to just have fun little arcade runs through like a handful of maps and it's it's good for that uh there's there's a pretty good discount on it if you've got ps plus it's base price is like 25 quid i think on ps plus it was about 16 yeah um, yeah, it's got a great, crazy discount right now. Mm, which is, I, I'd have probably been a little bit uh, if I'd have paid 25 for it, because it is quite short, but it is also really good and doesn't outstay its welcome, I guess. Um, the, the, the second campaign that opens up, I think, is just a hard version of of the first campaign, like a much harder version. I, yeah, I did. I, I did the first round of it. And then I, was, I got what I wanted out of it, and it's now gone from my PS5. I've uninstalled it. Um, so I picked up. There's a couple of other things in the sale. Uh, I picked up um, The Madness of Dr. Decker, I think it's called. I know that you reviewed Ooh, it, and I yeah. know it's one of the few 10 out of 10s on the site. It very much is, yeah. And when it's I started, I'd, I'd heard of it, and I'd heard of the studio that makes all these FMV games. Um I picked up that and the Shapeshift and Detective. 
because they were both free 99. Nice. And seeing that Dr. Decker has like Lovecraftian elements is what made me buy it, basically. <laughs> that and that I know that we'd reviewed it. Like it was it's one of the few tens. So mm. I think I'm gonna dive into that next. Obviously, I did Curse to Golf, which the review is done but not up yet as far as i'm aware um that was fun too so yeah my, my week was full of like fun stuff no i didn't nice. play anything bad which is always good yes well done nice work yeah decker is um is awesome it's one of those wings one of those games that flew right under the radar but um the decky decky studios i think they're called Devecky or something um yeah they're awesome and mm -hmm. they they create really unique stuff so yeah it's a great game you'll uh, you'll thoroughly enjoy it hopefully uh miles thompson your game of the week it's difficult with you isn't it because you've had really long embargoes this month i have i mean on one hand i want to give a shout out to the teams for actually sending the games so far in advance like i had one that was like a good four or five weeks like i had absolutely ages to play it um and the other one, I've also had a really long time to play it, which is nice because it means that unlike when we got Ghostwire, for example, I had to burn through that game in about two days. And that was, you know, I enjoyed it, but it was quite something. Um, so I can't talk welcome, about, by the way, <laughs> yes, thank you again for that. That was amazing. Um, so I still can't talk about uh, the games that I have been playing mostly recently, but I can talk about Fashion Police Squad um, or FPS, as it's better known. This game's really good. Like, it is a surprisingly awesome gem. Um, I didn't have any expectation or know really anything about it going into it. Um, but it's basically like a first-person, like, Doom-esque, but, like, the original Doom-type look um, style. So it's very retro. It's very kind of late 90s, um, like, pixelated art style, but in a really cool way. Um, and the whole shtick of it is that it's, like, a non-violent so you go around as sergeant des and you have weapons which basically give like color and vibrancy and you help people dress properly again and the idea of this is that you'll come up against like bankers or like a really garish like um techno dj like wearing like an awful shirt or there's like paparazzi wearing socks and sandals and the game riffs on it and then you basically gives you a weapon. It's like your assault rifle is actually a sewing machine, which means that as you fire it like an assault rifle, it like pins their suit together properly. So they don't no longer baggy clothes or use like a super soaker to drown out the flame guy from the early 2000s. Um, and it's just really fun. It's fast paced. It's actually quite challenging. There are a couple of sections I got a little bit stuck on. I got a little bit frustrated with, but it's nothing that you can't like overcome with a bit of practice. Um, it's about five hours long as I think 13 missions and a couple of challenge missions as well. Um, the story is just a bunch of references to other games, a load of puns about bad dress sense and all that kind of stuff. And it's just really funny. Like it's just a well-told, well-written, chill little game to play. Um, and it'll take you back to, you know, when shooters used to be fast and crazy and just, stupid but in that really fun slapstick kind of way um i really got into this once i started playing i was like this is good this this needs more appreciation this needs more love um so i've written up the review it's not been posted just yet but it should be going up relatively soon and uh yeah it's one i'd actually really recommend um for once i've had a game come through on the recommendations that i really really want to recommend 
Um, and yeah, if you like first person shooters, this is great. Sweet. Um, I read your review. I can't wait to uh, play this game. Actually, it's like a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I was I was actually playing it. I was like, I think Roscoe would really love this one. Um, so I was going to message you about it, but didn't get around to it today. Um, but yeah, it's it's wow. super fun. I think you'll have a great time with it. Yeah, I'm all in on Fashion Police God. That's great. Yeah, um, your reviews will be up. We've got a ton of reviews up next week. It's going to be stacked. <laughs> it is content heaven this week. It really is. There's so much cool stuff going up. I can't wait. Um, Kat, your game of the week. My game of the week is, I think this was Tom's game of the week last week, or it was Josh's. Um, my game of the week is Cult of the Lamb. Um, it is a fabulous game. Obviously, you guys played it last week. I was lucky enough to get a code, so my review will be up in the next coming days. I started it today, and and then stranger things happened. Uh, <laughs> so my motivation took a nosedive. Um, and yeah, it's. do you know what? It's a fucking great game. It's a great game until the last area and it's completely shut down on me. I, it's like unplayable for me at the moment, uh, which is such a shame because I actually like bragged to Josh that I'd gotten a clean bugless game. I was like, I don't think I've got any bugs yet. And he was like, well, the, the, the cracks start to show in the last area. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I did the last area quite a few times. And yeah, now it's like unplayable for me. So for anyone who doesn't know Cult of the Lamb or has had a look at it and you don't know, you are, it's essentially like Don't Starve meets Hades meets maybe another game somewhere in there. Um, maybe like Pikmin of some sort, I don't know. <laughs> and it's it's where you have, you, you run your own cult because you need to, well, essentially, you're helping this like demony god person's powerful being person um, to defeat these gods. And how you do that is you go through areas and you loop them. Um, and you have to do them four times, and then you get to the the boss area. So you have like mini boss, you have the kind of case of mini bosses, and you have a big boss area, and you have to do that kind of like with four different big bosses. Um, but whilst doing that, you have to look after your cult. Um, and your cult grows by getting followers. You can pick up followers along the way. You can rescue them from the like areas that you've been in, or you can buy them off people who are holding them hostage, or you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And you've got to kind of make them love you still. You've got to continue to kind of let them see faith in you. So you have to hold rituals. Uh, you have to hold sermons every day. There's like a day-night cycle. There's a hunger cycle. You have to cook for your cult people. It's very cute as well. Like there's loads of little, like you can have little giraffes and you can have little mouse and you can have little lambs and you can have, it's, it's super cute, but it's deceivingly cute. Um, and then like they can get sick and then you have to make them better and you have to like build stuff for them. And you have to make sure that they have like, you know, just nice things in that area. And you've got to make sure that, you know, if there's anybody who starts not believing in you, that they're kept to certain areas of the, of the area, like they can even put them in prison, essentially, and to re-educate them. And you hold rituals and you can sacrifice them or you can murder them. And you can kind of initiate different doctrines for your cult. Um, so your cult is set up however you like in whatever choices you make of kind of what your cult would be um and your cult will start to like your belief the belief in you will start to kind of dwindle as you kind of leave the area and if you die in the looped areas you know your, your cult will believe in you less because they'll see you as weak and things like that but then they'll like praise you if you get strong and all that does um it's so much fun i've had such a blast with it until last night where it's it's pretty much caved in on me 
um, I can't do rituals at all. Every time I do a ritual, the whole game freezes. And the thing is, to keep to significantly keep your cult liking you, you have to do rituals, or you'll have to talk to them all individually, and that's just a nightmare. Uh, so, and without like my cult believing in me or doing rituals, I can't get like certain points to like upgrade my weapons and I'm in a really hard area so I don't have the upgrades because I can't get the upgrades because I can't do the rituals and my cult starts starting not to believe in me and I can't do anything about it so <laughs> I'm basically going into like I'm basically about to drink the Kool-Aid essentially <laughs> because I, I can't get out of it um so yeah it's a great game I'll jump into it I'll jump back into it when I get a patch so yeah, I don't know. So Josh has run into the same, the exact same bug. I don't know about you, Tom. I know something isn't spawning for you. No one has the platinum as opposed to PSMP at the moment, obviously, probably other than the devs. Um, there is a lot of bugs. And I remember um, Tom tweeting about the the Google share. They have like a Google Docs of known mm-hmm. bugs. It's quite buggy. I actually hadn't run into any bugs until then. And now I've come into like an unplay. I can't finish the game on it. I, I have no idea what happens in the end because can't finish it because i can't get i haven't got the weapon upgrades to to finish it properly which is probably my fault but it doesn't matter because i didn't expect a bug yay (laughs) so uh yeah but i know it's such a unique game it's got such a such a fun like it's just really fun like i've played it and i've lost hours to it you know and you you know what you need to do and you you know it's kind of like a like you've got like two missions going on at once but then you know your second mission includes all, all lots of these little jobs and you can spend loads of time in your cult or you can just continue the the battle areas and yeah so you know and there's like a, a, a map and there's like little mini games like I think Tom you said last week about knuckle bones which is like their in-game like card game it's Fuck. great fucking love it it's amazing it's, it's so good i i i personally like it more than the witcher one but i've only played a little bit of the witcher so maybe i'd like it a little it's more. it's very similar to gwent but it it's is, a lot simpler it, it's, it is a lot simpler than gwent yeah it's i'd i'd play that as its own game 100 <laughs> percent. if they sold that if they sold a cult of the lamb dice game and they just gave you like six dice no no it would be like more than six dice but like 18 dice wouldn't it because you have nine on each player uh yeah well they give give you 20 dice nine each player. yeah be great i actually would play it. and you could you could easily play it as long as you had enough enough dice um so yeah that's that's my game of the week it, my review will be up you know for the next couple of days because i got it a couple of days ago they're very kind um, and I hope I hope it patches out because I'd love to come back to it. Mm. So and finish it. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Cut the lamb. Get it. Get it in a week. Get it or so. later. Yeah. Get yeah. it later. <laughs> get it in a month, maybe, because they're they're still trying to patch all the PC stuff. They are working hard and they are recognizing it. So mm. that's good. They haven't just simply ignored it. But uh, but yeah. What's your game of the week, Ross? Uh, my game of the week was Rollerdrome. Uh, Thumb's really covered it. Uh, I I've been lucky enough to have it for a little while now. I've had it for about a month, and it's been a hell of a month. I've jumped onto early access to the preview. I've written a preview about it. It's up on the site. There isn't a review just yet, but there will be hopefully this week if I get time. And yeah, it's great fun. It's it's really worth checking out to be honest. And there's a free trial right now if you're a PS Plus Premium subscriber. I believe uh, you can go and check it out for free. Um, it's it, it's a good laugh. Um, don't let the visuals fool you. It is tough as balls. 
Um, it, it doesn't go lightly on you. Um, at first, it's one of those games that's very easy to understand and easy to pick up and very hard to master. Um, it's got that kind of Rocket League style to it. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's just, yeah, great fun. So look out for my full review probably very, very soon, hopefully. And um, yeah, good old Rider Drone. Well worth checking out for sure. Surprised it isn't a PS Plus game, to be honest. It kind of has that vibe about it. But that doesn't mean it's not good. It's well worth checking out. All right then, let's go to the quiz with Cat. As you remember, you guys asked for a Harry Potter quiz. So I've got a new Harry uh, Potter quiz. I, I just want to clarify, I didn't ask for that. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sorry. But you I am going to suck ass at this, I'm afraid. Well, that's okay, don't worry. I've got some easy questions in there. <laughs> for now, for the beginning part of it. Oh, is this uh, a video game related Harry Potter quiz? It's not a video game related Harry Potter quiz. It's a Harry Potter quiz. You asked for a Harry Potter quiz. I've given you a Harry Potter quiz. I Man. said to you last week, do you guys really want a Harry Potter quiz? And you were like, yeah, fuck it. Why not? So here we fucking are. In, um, I guess, in in like respect to potential Hogwarts legacy. I don't know. <laughs> we get what we deserve, my friends. We yeah. get what we deserve. Um, so uh, 10 questions. All Harry Potter related. Let me just get all your names down. So I have to keep score. You know, you know how it is. Um, and yeah, there's there's not much. The theme is Harry Potter, so there's not much to say other than I'm gonna, you know, read out the questions and you're gonna answer them. <laughs> so it's a very normal like quiz. Um, do you have your buzzers ready? Yeah, I think so. Oh, who, who's are you, Miles, are you the no person? If that was me, yes. Okay, you're so funny. I know. <laughs> That's Tom. the only time I'm going to be using my buzzer for the next five minutes, so. <laughs> Tom, do you have a buzzer? I do. Oh, shit. <laughs> Here we go again. That's pretty um, good. Yeah. And Ross? Oh, <laughs> oh my god, you guys Oh, Ron, stop. Did you just run to get a Wigadium Leviosa clip? <laughs> Leviosa. Incredible. I've found a Harry oh, Potter yeah. soundboard. Okay, what are you going to do? Um, also, I, I know that we said last week that we were going to trial the hands up thing. So we can do that or we can do the buzzer thing. Up to you. I feel like I want the buzzers now. <laughs> <laughs> after, after hearing Tom and Ross's buzzers, I want them. Fair enough. Okay. All right. Are we ready? Are we ready, chappies? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Harry Potter quiz. And this is thanks to um, our lovely listener, Jess, as well. She is a humongous Potterhead. So I did rope in a couple of her help for inspiration of questions. Um, but hopefully she can play along too, because I think she'll like this. Um, so, yeah. Okay, so question one. Jess is getting really close to becoming a full-time member of the thing. She podcast. really is. She's getting like <laughs> join she's us. Like, like you know, like how like spiritual member. She's gonna be like a like spiritual point. She's gonna be like a spiritual member. Um, so like, hey Jess, what do you think about the Activision takeover by Microsoft? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? Listening to our pod, she probably would be able to answer that now. Yeah, if you'd asked would. her like two years ago, she'd be like, I have no fucking clue what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, Who are Activision? <laughs> um, okay, so question one. Nice and simple, guys. Nice <laughs> and simple. Name the houses. Oh, shit. Oh. Tom, I had you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> how long is that clip? It's really long. <laughs> it's really long. I can't oh, find a smaller Harry, one. I'm sorry. Don't stop. Oh, Ron. 
Tom, I heard yours first. You flashed up first. Yeah, it's Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, and Slytherin. Yeah, well done. Well, Miles, that was your only chance. I'll see you later. <laughs> I mean, I was—I didn't even have the chance to hear the question before. <laughs> I was like, I'm done. <laughs> okay, uh, question two. Whose Patronus is an otter? Oh, shit. Uh, Tom? Is it Hermione? It is not Hermione. No. Miles? Is it Cho Chang? No. Oh, Ross. Damn it. <laughs> so weird. It's like potter porn. Um <laughs> Ross. Uh is it um oh what's her name? Luna Lovegib. It's not. It was uh mm. the answer was Ron. Oh that makes sense. <laughs> I thought it oh, I thought his would be a rat. Oh, no, no, his his it doesn't matter. Anyway. I'm gonna really embarrass myself <laughs> if I keep talking. I'm gonna stop. Uh, um okay. Question three. Uh, who teaches or taught herbology? Oh, shit. Tom. Professor Sprout. Yeah. What's <laughs> <laughs> your buzz, uh, Ross? Ross, you've changed your buzzer, but I will accept it. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's going to be a different Harry Potter sound every question. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to find a short one. I'm sorry. Please continue. <laughs> oh, I actually realised I have 11 questions. Oh, well. Um... Okay, question four. If I wanted to buy a quick quote quill, what shop would I need to visit? I can't remember his name. Uh, Miles. The one that Fred and George own. The one that Fred and George own? Yeah, they own a shop at some point, I think. Yeah, they Uh, own Weasley's Wizard Weezers. That one. Unfortunately, not Miles, but well oh. done. Oh, shit. Tom. Ollivanders? No. No? Ross? Oh, no, yeah. Shit, I was thinking <laughs> one. Harry Potter free. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Ross, would you like to answer? Uh, Dixon's. Dixon's. You, do you know what? Oh, you've nailed it. No. <laughs> it's still, it the, 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 next one is still going. Is uh, Flourish and Blots. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, okay, question four. I can't you realise how little I know about Harry Potter? <laughs> well, actually, this is question <laughs> five. <laughs> um, question five. What does the spell Stupefy do? Oh, shit. Tom. Does it, like, knock you out? Mm. Or give you a concussion? <laughs> I don't know if I should take that or not. I, mm. Describe more. Describe knocking you out more. It knocks you on your ass. Mm, do you know what? I'll give you it, but it's it's not. It doesn't quite it's, knock you on your ass. But see, okay. see, see if Ross can get closer. Okay, yeah. I don't, I'm looking down. for a particular <laughs> word, but you know, <laughs> I don't think uh, uh, J.K. Rowling quite put it as knocking you. <laughs> but sounds like fucking chloroform. <laughs> <laughs> it's wizard chloroform. Yeah, wizard chloroform. Jesus. That's, that's, basically, that's basically what Tom made it sound like. Ross Mars. <laughs> before I give half a point to Tom. I mean, let's be honest, you might as well just go to Ross. <laughs> Ross? Um, it makes you stupid. <laughs> that's why I put this in here, because yeah. that was gonna that was gonna um 
trick a lot of people but unfortunately it does not make you stupid miles do you want to take a guess at what does stupefy do <laughs> you've had a little clue from tom does it make you go temporarily unconscious slash ignorant and what's the word for that uh dazed <laughs> i actually might have to give it to miles you know that's, that's closer that is closer so the word i was looking for was stun it stuns you there's a knock oh. on your ass. Stuns you. Why no. could none of us think of the word stun? I literally was like, what is a word for that? Even though <laughs> it was the same answer. So I'm going to give you half a point, Miles. I'll give you half oh, a point. Sure. Well half a point. Thanks, guys. <laughs> um, okay, so question six. Name all of Ron's brothers. Oh, fuck. Guys, this is why we're not a Harry Potter podcast. (laughs) Tom. Fred, George, Percy, Charlie, and Bill. Yeah, you got it. Well done, mate. Smashed it. it. A lot of people miss out. Charlie and Bill. Yeah, Bill. Uh, Question seven. What creature is Aragog? You will get an extra point if you actually get the Harry Potter term, but I will accept the other term. Uh, He's a big fucking spider. <laughs> he is a big fucking spider. You're right. I'm certain that is the word for word from the book. Did you yeah. want to um, take a stab at like? Do they, do they use the fucking Latin name or some shit? Because <laughs> I'm not gonna get that. No, but you do have you have you have I, an extra you have a point. I I stand by big fucking spider. <laughs> yeah, and I'll give you big fucking spider. So fair play. I think it is a fairly apt description. To be fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I would have accepted Spider and um, I would also accepted uh, Acromantula. Is the way of saying it? Okay, um, question I think this is seven. This is, bad. Questions. Hey, this is so um, bad. Name the killing curse. Oh, shit. Tom. Nevada Cadaver. <laughs> yeah. Nevada Cadaver. Nevada Cadaver. Could have chimed in, Ross. <laughs> Yeah, the the ready. The come to die. Come to die. Um, okay. Uh, question eight. Spell Expelliarmus. <laughs> oh shit! Tom. Wait, did Ross ch- did Ross buzz in then? No, and it's uh, it's my buzzer still going. Oh, the it's last still. Round. <laughs> Holy crap! <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you gonna I get? Could, I, you... I, I I could give it a go, I suppose. I, yeah. I saw your thing light up. Okay. Ross? E-X-P-E. Yep. Double L. Yep. I-A. Mm-hmm. R-M. Mm-hmm. U-S. Well done, mate. Well done. Well done. I can well spell done. things. <laughs> you can spell things. Um, I'm going to include all the questions. Fuck it. Um, question 10, technically. Uh, what's inside Harry's wand? Semen. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry. Oh, shit. Um, so, uh, something from a phoenix. Vibranium. Yeah, unobtainium. I know it's something that Voldemort also has in his wand. That's a big deal. I want to say it's like 
a phoenix feather mm-hmm. or some shit or I- or a unicorn hair. Okay, what are you going with? I'm going, going with Phoenix. Unicorn? Okay, and you would be right. It's a feather from Forks. Just Dumbledore's Oh, it's, sp- it's specifically Dumbledore's Forks. Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, it's specifically hand-plucked. <laughs> Ross, I think this is going to be a tight contest between um, who's going to win I this know, event. Yeah, it's going to be tough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bonus I'm sorry. Bonus no, don't question. be, don't be. <laughs> Bonus question, which I will need to check live, so you'll hear me tip tip tapping. Um, name a character from each house. Oh, good question. Shit. Oh, who's a fucking Hufflepuff? <laughs> no one's a Hufflepuff. So why is the bloody Hufflepuffs? Oh, I think I can do this. I can okay. do three. Okay. I can't do Hufflepuff. Go on. Uh, Harry Potter. Yeah, Draco Malfoy. Yeah, Cho Chang and Cedric Diggory. Cho Chang is in which 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 house? Uh, Ravenclaw. They're both Ravenclaws, I think. Oh, hey, wait, Cedric... wait, 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 wait! I'm fact checking. I'm fact checking. Cedric Diggory. I actually it was Diggory. Oh, so you got your point. Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> Cedric's a Hufflepuff. Yeah. I remember his yellow robes from the um, oh my God. thingy, yellow robes from the um, Gryffindor thing. Wow. I'm not going to lie. I'm, actually, I'm really proud of myself for getting that. Yeah. <laughs> he was in yellow robes, wasn't he, in Goblet? Yeah, yeah, in Goblet. Yeah. I thought he was a Ravenclaw, just because he's, you know, like, good at stuff. But also, doesn't there have to be one from each house participating, if I remember mm-hmm. right, in the Goblet? And that was why he was in it. Oh, that's, what, that's what I went on, because I, I thought I remembered one from each house had to do it. No, no, every, it's one, it's just one, one person from, one each, person school. from each school, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, never mind then. I yeah. just, well, it, it worked. <laughs> Damn, I forgot about Cedric. I, I was so sure he was Ravenclaw. Oh, come on, man, he's oh, had such a guys. career trajectory. He's now Batman. Cedric's I mean, doing really well for himself. I am Batman. He is a good Batman, to be fair. He is a very good Batman. Hold well on, guys. Um, congratulations, Tom. You mm-hmm. got one, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> you got six in that one. Nice. Mm-hmm. Ross, well you mate. got one. And well Miles, you got one and a half. Oh my god. Well done, mate. Shameful. Well give, done, him, give him the two. Oh, okay. <laughs> don't, don't take that. Miles, half point. you get two. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, oh my god. I mean, one and a half is more than I should have ever got. So I would have taken that anyway, but I appreciate that. Thank you. Well done. Well done, guys. Well done, everybody. That was fun to make, actually. <laughs> a little bit different. A little bit different, guys. A little bit different. You want a Sonic quiz? Hell yeah. No, oh, no, no. But the thing is, the thing is, I am going to start soon. I'm going to put in the Slack. I was going to put in the Slack tomorrow um, about Mastermind quiz dates. So, if, yeah. What, so, you mean like a like a one person? Yep, like a one head-to-head. And what we'll do is we'll get the team, because the thing is, I think Greg's or something, well, Greg's was probably going to be Resident Evil. Um, it, I've not played it, so I'm going to need the rest of the team to give me like hard as fuck questions, because if I it, Google Resident Evil facts, it's not going to... Uh, does it need to be a video game? <laughs> um, ideally, it needs to be a video game. <laughs> yes. Can it be a video game or, or like because otherwise, pop, pop otherwise culture. I would pick Taylor Swift. Because <laughs> I was going like, to, I've got a very high knowledge base of the first 10 seasons of The Simpsons. That's like, ah. that, that would actually be my mastermind thing. As long as there's a fact about The Simpsons hit and run in there, then yes. <laughs> 
no this ideally needs to be a video game and of course you don't need to have like played it like obsessively but it's just something that you know is your favorite or like you know lots about or you've played loads you know but we'll we'll get to it and hopefully what we'll do is maybe one a month or whatever or one every fortnight Mm -hmm. we'll have someone's date come in and um (laughs) yeah it's a good idea so i can't choose my idea i think it was it was it was Greg's idea. I think it was Greg's, yeah. Mm. Good job on Greg. That is a good yeah. idea. Every now and then he has a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Rare, but what happens? Mwah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Jeff's gears. Um, so I can't choose the American version of the office because that's you all cannot. I know. You cannot. What no. there is a mobile tie-in game. Listen, get revising, okay? <laughs> Pick a game, game, get revising. <laughs> Finger Guns is video games slash pop culture. We have reviewed movies and TV shows in the past. You know. When? Um, we did a great big Spider-Man podcast. Remember? <laughs> podcast. Yeah, not, not so long ago. Podcasts. We've not done Stranger reviews. Things podcasts. We've done yeah, podcasts. We did a Things podcast. It's not reviewing. Afterlife podcast. No, it's not reviewing. I'm, not, still, I'm not buying it. Still video Finger game Guns content. <laughs> Anywho. You know, it's weird doing this, doing this podcast. I've realized how little I know about video games. <laughs> As soon, as soon as I'm like, oh, if it's got to be video games, I don't think I have like a franchise. That I don't have a franchise to, like, either. But we can get revising. We can we can make some fun out of it. I'm not going to be like, in what hour of the gameplay do you reach this level? <laughs> it's not going to be that silly. <laughs> or is it? No, I'm kidding. Mm. Well, thank you very much, Kat. Sorry. As ever, always a treat. Right then, let's get into the news. There's a couple of things that we're going to uh, look into uh, this week because we do want to get to our main topic a bit later. Um, Den Island 2 leaks on Amazon. This is over at VGC. I'm going to read a little bit of it. A host of new Dead Island 2 details have leaked via Amazon, as well as new screenshots and a possible early 2023 release date. Earlier on Thursday, the retailer went live with a new product listing for the long-awaited game, which is set to be published by Deep Silver. According to Wario64, who you should be following on Twitter if you aren't already, the listing was initially accompanied by a February 3rd, 2023 release date and a product description, which is viewable below, although these have since been pulled. So, yeah, I mean, there's not much more to go on. Dead Island 2 is still a thing. Um, Miles, are you excited for Dead Island 2? Are you happy that it is actually a thing now? I think I'm one of the only people who actually still cares about this game. <laughs> <laughs> I remember this being announced in 2014, and it had one of the coolest trailers. Um, the Dead Island series, weirdly have the best trailers in the business, but the games usually come out and are an absolute fucking mess. Also, shout out to but, Goot Simulator 3 for ripping on it very hard on their trailer. That year. was that was so good. So, so good. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you've ever watched the original Dead Islands trailer, but it gave the impression it was going to be this really deep and emotional, like really complex story because the the trailer is amazing. It's this really is the one fun. where they're flying, they're like going through slow motion out the window? Yes, that one. Yeah. And yeah, the music amazing. is like, oh my god! Um, and the trailer for Dead Island Two looked absolutely sick as well. Um, I was originally really excited for it because it was Jaeger who did Spec Ops: The Line, who were uh, attached to it first. Um, so I was excited just on that basis that I loved um, Spec Ops: The Line. Um, the fact that it now exists, I'm still a bit skeptical. I feel like it's got that kind of Duke Nukem, you know, thing where it's been in development for so long and it's had so many delays and been development hell for an eternity that you kind of wonder what kind of game is actually going to end up being crapped out at the end of this process. But it sounds like the development team that has been under, I think it's um, Dan Busters, isn't it? Um, 
they've been working on it since 2019 so they've had a good chunk of time to make their own vision come to life for it apparently it's still going to keep the highly cooperative kind of nature of it which i think is a good thing it was kind of a core part of the originals kind of dna um, i hope you can still play it single player though um i, th- I think the only problem it faces is that dying light and dying light 2 are, are a thing and I think they kind of Techland have surpassed their original vision with Dead Island and made the game that it was ever supposed to be. And I just feel like this game might kind of be releasing and won't be able to have the kind of fanfare that it would have had originally. Um, I feel like the games have come on a long way and without the parkour system that's in something like Dying Light 2, it's hard to make a zombie game kind of stand out in that way. So I'm optimistic. I want it to be decent. If it comes out and it's a six or a seven out of ten, I would qualify that as a success for the fact that this game probably shouldn't exist in the first place, given how much of a torrid time it's been through. It's been through like three different studios and changed hands so many times. Um, if it's anything higher than a seven, I think they should call that a rip roaring success, and whoever's made it should be given, you know, massive pay rises. Um, but I suspect <laughs> this might come out and just kind of fall by the wayside, and people will kind of it'll be like that meme where it's like, oh, that game finally came out and no one played it. So it wasn't even worth it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I want for the developers' sake, I want there to be a decent product at the end of it. And hopefully um, it will be decent and be a fun zombie killing time. Yeah, Dying Light is interesting, isn't it? Because Dying Light is the thing that kind of took that blueprint and just ran with it. Yeah. And and now is hugely successful. Mm-hmm. And so Dead Island is has got a lot of catching up to do, I would yeah. imagine. And I'm not sure, like, the original Dead Island was quite... <clears throat> it wasn't cartoonish, but it wasn't realistic style. It wasn't like The Last of Us or what Dying Light is. It was very kind of slapstick. You kind of floated along the ground. Like, you know, the combat was just excessive and a bit stupid. Um, but it was fun. It was, like, designed to be a fun game. And I kind of wonder whether a zombie game like that will work in today's market. I feel like the audience and what they expect from zombie games now is quite different from what it used to be back then. Um, And like you said, Dying Light's just come such a long way and has changed so much of the landscape of what that game can be. You know, all the original devs who worked on the first Dead Island are mostly working, you know, on the the Dying Light franchise. Um, So yeah, it's in an awkward place. I, I don't think it's the ideal thing for it to come out with, but... You know, like I said, the fact that it even exists, I think, is a win in some books, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's going to be set in LA. It's going to have nice visuals, one would imagine. Um, it might be fun to parkour around Beverly Hills, shooting down zombies. But um, yeah, that's, it remains to be seen. Obviously, there's no confirmation of this yet. I'm assuming um, we're going to see something at One Night Live at uh, Gamescom. Um, opening Night Live. I always call it One Night Live. Um <laughs> If we are getting this close to Amazon dropping things, so we shall see, I guess. Because it's not um, far away. No, it's well, it's tomorrow night by the time this goes up. Oh no, sorry, I meant the um the release date was third of Feb, I think it was. Oh, so yeah, even yeah. so it's not far away at all. Yeah, and it's not like there's nothing else coming out in 2023 either. So it'll be fine. No, right. yeah, it'll be alright. <laughs> um, Kat, did you ever play Dead Island? Are you getting hyped for Dead Island too? Uh really, 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 really long time ago. Like as in <laughs> when I had ago. my it was a fucking long time ago. Um, like when I had an Xbox, and I've definitely had an Xbox ten years ago, must be seven years ago, eight years ago. So, am I hyped? 
I wouldn't say I'm like, yeah, my God, that's amazing. But I'll check it out for sure. I would probably, you know, if I if it was in the sale, I'd probably pick it up and be like, yeah, that's probably going to be a good game. Like now, like like Miles was saying, it sounds like it's been for a bit of a shit show land. Um, so I wouldn't say I'm hyped, but I wouldn't say I'm uninterested. Like it's peaked. It's like it's like kind of like if it's on the store, I'll take a cheeky look, you know. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it was that. It was at Jaeger with the guys that made Spark Ups the line um, mm-hmm. for a while before it got taken over by Sumo. Um, and then Dan Busters uh, took it over in 2019, uh, which is an internal studio with Deep Silver. So, yeah, it's gone through a few iterations. Gone through, gone through the ringer, isn't it, really? so Very much so. Well, yeah, I, I hope it's good. I hope it's good for all the work that obviously a lot of people have put into it. Uh, yeah, we'll see. It's definitely, it's definitely piqued my interest, I think. Um, I did enjoy the first one a lot, actually, to be fair. Um, and yeah, it was just one of those things where it's like, you can pick up anything. Um, who doesn't fucking love zombies, you know, (laughs) doesn't love a good zombie game. So, uh, yeah, no, I'll, um, I'll probably give it a go if it's on the side. It's not something that I would buy day one. Uh, but it's not, you know, I'd probably check out the gameplay first. It's kind of one of those. I would keep an eye on it. No, keep an eye on Selena. I'm kind of hoping for, uh, for court. Uh, news as well because that'd be cool think, that'd be yeah, really cool be actually fun. yeah that would be a lot of fun cool. it yeah. isn't, you know back for bloody but do you know what? i wouldn't even mind if it was back for bloody in um in like in in a different environment do you know what i mean like mm. in a much more modern environment i know like back for blood they do like the cab the log cabins and the lakes and all that jazz i wouldn't i think i think dead island 2 would make themselves less serious than back for blood so i think it actually would be a lot more fun yeah, I think it'll be more open world, whereas the back yes. of the levels are very linear, aren't they? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, no, that'd be that's such a shout. I think that'd be good. That would be fun. Uh, Tom, where are you with Dead Island? Uh, I really liked the original, but that game is older than Skyrim now. So is it really? Been, yeah, it came out two months before Skyrim, September Holy 2011. Shit. Yeah, wow. this 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 game got announced in 2014. Uh, I've got very very low expectations we've not actually seen footage of this new version yet which like you said i'm pretty sure this is going to get shown on tuesday um at opening night live this is clearly like a product listing that's just gone up too early they scheduled it for the wrong date or whatever um the fact that it's been delayed and swapped hands so many times is a not a great sign and dying late took what dead island was and like sort of just pushed it up a little bit like elevated it um and obviously that's just had its sequel so i don't know where this fits in terms of its gameplay if it is going to stick to this uh, to the melee focus that the first game had um but it's also set in la so probably not uh you know it's going to be easy enough to get a gun Yeah, they'll just be lying around, won't they? Yeah. Just on the floor. Yeah. Um, nice. If they show an ONL, I'll, I'll pay attention. I want to see it before mm. I judge, really. Um, yeah, of course. Because I like the first one. Uh, if it sticks with that melee focus and um, keep it sort of not quite campy, it wasn't that that silly, but it was like a middle ground between, like Miles said, it was somewhere in between. Um, yeah. Keep that sort of tone make it fun i mean the initial trailer for dead island 2 had like a fun stupid tone 
Uh, the first Dead Island trailer did not have that tone at all. Um, yes, yeah, it it, these screenshots aren't fake, are they? Like they've been pulled. Uh, yeah, exactly. It, we're we're gonna see it soon. Uh, I'll I'll reserve judgment. I'm assuming we're gonna do some sort of opening light live catch up pod. Uh, and if it's there, we'll talk about it more there. Most um, definitely. Thank you for mentioning that. Actually, plug in. Um, yeah, we haven't actually talked about it yet, but yeah, opening night live has cre- opening night live has just crept up on us. I didn't realize it was tomorrow it's night. Tu- yeah, it's <laughs> Tuesday night, and it's ninety minutes long, as far God as damn. I'm aware. Um, uh, what time is like, it? It's at eight o'clock. Okay. Well, it's very dependent on everyone else if we do an immediate reaction Same or day, yeah. wait till the day after. Um, we'll talk about it off off pod mm-hmm. but yeah i can't believe that's tuesday that's like i thought yeah. that was ages away but just snuck up <laughs> there we go um okay cool yeah so deadline 2 we're expecting to see it at opening night live and uh hopefully we'll see some gameplay um and um yeah we get to finally see what the hell this game is all about um talking of games that we might see at opening night live skylanders and crash bandicoot studio toys for bob are teasing a new game Skylanders and Crash Bandicoot developer Toys for Bob could be gearing up to reveal their new game. On Tuesday, the Activision Studio tweeted an image, which is viewable below, showing off 17 games here to develop and teasing imagery 18th title. I keep saying below, you can't see that because I'm just reading the article. But um, yeah, I think we, ret- I think we retweeted it on our feed on Twitter, so go and have a look there. Um, scroll down a bit, you should be able to see it. Um, Toys for Bob is perhaps best known as the creator of the Skylander series. It most recently developed Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time in 2018 Spyro reignited trilogy. Um, after that, they uh, well, they suffered layoffs and then they were put on the trenches in Call of Duty, um, making weapons for Call of Duty Warzone. Uh, but since then, um, they've been piping up saying, actually, we've got something else going on. And they're not being very coy about it. They're being very coy about it, not being very open about it. So the speculation begins. There's only one person to go to about this. Cat, my dear, what on earth are Toys for Bob up to? Oh, let me tell you, Ross, I've got some goss for you. I've done oh, let's a go. Let's research. fucking go. Let's fucking go. <laughs> let's fucking go, Toys let's for fucking Bob. Let's fucking go, boys. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did a little bit of research. Because uh, as you know, oh, just the purple dragon, you know, we, we've spoken many times about this tiny purple dragon that fills my heart with such fire. Enjoy, and also the studio that is Toys for Bob because Toys for Bob are incredible and they're so super talented. Um, so a little bit of research, and whenever anything Toys for Bob comes up or anything Spyro and Crash related, there is one YouTuber that anyone needs to go to, and that is a uh, Canadian guy. Eh. Um, <laughs> that's actually what his name is. Um, what, so you might it? remember Canadian guy. Eh. Canadian guy. Eh. Yeah. So E H. I fucking hate YouTube. I know. Um, And yeah, so he basically does all of the deep dives. He does a lot of live streams of Spyro and and Crash and does a lot of like um, Easter egg stuff. Like he's he's a real huge fan of the franchise. And he I don't know if you remember when we had this discussion before about I can't remember when if it was the Activision I think there was something going on back then. I don't know if it was the acquisition, but it was something about their financials. This guy listens to all the calls of the Activision financials, and he was the one that was able to seek out through people that worked in the various areas that the copyright for Spyro was still being paid for, even though there was no um, 
there was no sign of anything being released, but they'd renewed their copyrights. And they weren't, of course, how copyright law works very, very quickly is that you can, you don't have to release what you're actually doing the copyright for until a certain date. And then if you renew it, you then have to declare what you're using that for. Um, so other people can't buy that. And you get three goes or two goes at that. And then on your third one, you have to declare actually what you're using it for. So there were loads of Spyro copyrights that have been paid for in the last couple of years. And there was no declaration of what it was being used for. So the idea was that it could be Spyro 4, it could be March, it could be X, Y, and Z. And then it was running, it was expiring and Toy and Activision repaid for it last year. So that led us to think maybe Spyro 4 is coming out. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's just March. Maybe it's, a, I don't know, some other sort of Lincoln. But lots of stuff has come from that picture in Toys for Bob. Um, so as we know, and as you've just said there, Ross, Toys for Bob, were shoved into cod what the fuck kind of decision was that and we were talking remember when the acquisition happened we were talking about like we really hope they pull out toys for bob out of cod because there was like wasn't there a sentence from somebody to say like oh we're gonna put the studios hopefully in the right box i can't remember what, what, the, what the quote was but they were just insinuating that they were gonna have a bit of a shuffle around the studios and i remember us talking on the pod that we hoped that toys for bob was one of them so toys for bob has released this kind of advent calendar of all their work and what you will notice on there is that cod or, or skylanders is missing and the reason that people think that is is because the things that toys for bob have put on this little advent calendar of what they've done is they are the lead devs on it they are not the lead devs on um skylander swap force and they were not the lead devs on uh the insane trilogy or cod which is why that is all missing so that leads us to think that we have three scenarios that might be coming up here okay so we know that toys for bob was the lead dev on crash 4 we know that they were the lead devs on uh spyro reignited so that's why they're, they're included in there so we've got three titles that it could possibly be and that's wumpa league spyro 4 or a completely new ip um there is a kind of like speculation that it, it probably isn't a new IP just because of the way that they've done the picture. That, that would be kind of a weird way to do the picture to, to announce a completely whole new game if they've not, you know, when they're trying to celebrate like all of this stuff that they are doing and they have done and then just drop in a new IP. Like that'd be a bit of a weird way to it. But, you know, you never know. Um, Wumpa League has been heavily, heavily hinted for years now. Obviously, COVID, we've delayed that. And of course, Sparrow 4 has delayed, uh, has has been hinted. It's been, you know, shown in Crash 4, um, you know, Crash 4 even exists so that, you know, that lets us come to think that there's going to be a Spyro 4. So lots of lots of juicy goss. Um, for anyone who doesn't know what Wumpa League is, it's rumoured to be a 4v4 kind of battle arena. And it was rumoured that it might be free to play. So another Easter egg for you is that these are all printed discs and like physical discs. Now, if Wumpa League's free to play, that means that it will be digital and it won't be a physical disc. So, I have speculation to believe that it might be Spyro 4. And I'm oh so my excited. God. <laughs> um, so, they have no idea when this is going to release. We have no idea. You know, who knows when they're going to release this juicy information. <laughs> I hope to Christ it's going to happen soon. And, you know, maybe it's on Plague and that would be amazing. That would be fabulous. Um, 
and but you know my heart's with the dragon um they think it could happen also another little easter egg as well is that activision have released and i said this last time in the deep dive of toys for bob and activision when they kind of came together and they shoved them into cod oh that's what we were ranting about we we're ranting about how activision had shoved them into anyway um yeah so what was i saying oh my god i know i don't remember anywho um oh yeah that was it activision have released a family friendly game every year for the last 10 years um and so far that hasn't happened this year which might suggest that this game might be dropped or at least announced very soon very very soon oh my oh my so for the last 10 years the last year it was crash on the run um and that's a family friendly friendly game so uh that mobile game they made yeah do we count that one? Who knows? I mean, it's Activision, isn't it? Who knows? I mean, maybe that's mm-hmm. what they could get out. Um, so yeah, so that's that's all my goss. I thought I I hope I've done, you know, we've done the research justice there and kind of oh. added to the hype. But um, but that is all thanks to that that deep dive by Canadian guy, yeah. You know. I love your toys of Bob deep dives. Oh, they're just so interesting and they're just so but I'm so glad that they it sounds like they have a bit of control back it sounds like you know they're their own people again their own studio again because none of the mm. cod is on that wall and they're right call of duty is not anywhere to be seen on that little wall of discs so we know that they are teasing a game that they are leading on and pff, last one was crash 4 one before that was reignited they could well be doing a new ip but i don't know um, so yeah, and obviously Skylanders is huge for Toys for Bob, but it was Vicarious Visions that led on that. So yeah, I don't see Skylanders coming back anytime soon. And I don't think that they would tease it in the way, otherwise they would include the previous ones on the little picture. So it's safe to say that Skylanders could be debunked and ruled out. I'm putting my money on right now a remake of Disney's Extreme Skate Adventure. <laughs> That's what I'm going for. Um, I'm just trying to quickly look up when the Spyro anniversary would be. Like, because... Anniversary. 28. Because that's what they're saying, is that it could be... Um, it could be announced then. I can't find the date anywhere. So there's a crash anniversary and a Spyro anniversary, and they're saying that that might be a nice time for them to announce the game. Um, so, but that's my stuff. I mean, it's getting me very, very excited when I saw that retweet, because I didn't know I saw that retweet. I'm very, very glad it sounds like they've got control back. I'm very, very glad they're off of COD. Well, they might not be off of COD, but, they, you know, it sounds like they're definitely cooking something. We know they're talented. We know they produce amazing games. Um, I'm so excited. Even if it's a new IP, I think I'm excited. Uh, do you know what? They can give yeah. me anything I'm excited. I just love Toys for Bob. Yeah, I mean, Crash 4 was incredible yeah, it's freaking great so it was incredible they did such a good job of keeping a franchise that is so well loved you know everything that you knew about crash was in crash 4 everything you loved about crash was in yeah. crash 4 including the fucking infuriation, infuriation. yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah but um yeah, that's that's me on uh, on crash spyro and toys for bob but i can't wait i'm so excited i love it I love it. I love it. Uh, Tom, anything to add? I reckon a Spyro. Yeah. The Reignited trilogy was really good. Crash 4 was really good, but Crash got his new game after his 
remake of the trilogy. So I think they're going to do the same with Spyro. I, I don't think it was Toys for Bob that did the Crash remaster, though. I think that was someone else. No, they didn't do... Um, no, they didn't do the Crash yeah. trilogy, no. But the Reignited trilogy was great. Uh, yeah, no, they didn't do Insane. Yeah. Um, they did, but they did do Crash 4. It's about time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Crash 4 was really good. Balls hard in some of those stages to get all the boxes like that kept the identity of crash pretty solidly uh spyro needs his needs his new game um and we this could be another open and night live thing right like they did that little tease of his uh like there's the 17th game or whatever it was that little image that you retweeted yeah um i mean i i can't why see not? why i can't see why you'd you'd be like oh we've got something coming so close to like quite a big game show if if like it's not going to be there, obviously it could just be coincidence. But Look, Tuesday mo- night, if Open Night Live, Tuesday. Jeff Keighley announces Spyro Four, you're going to be able to hear Cat on the Moon. Yeah, literally, <laughs> literally. And also, you you honestly didn't know how angry I was when Microsoft have like joined forces for fucking Activision. I was human. I was like, what? Oh, can you my Spyro 4 coming out? Yes. Exclusive. exclusive. I will be fucking fuming. I will be. It's fine. I have an Xbox, but it's not the same. It won't be the same, but it's fine. It won't be be the same, but it's fine. It's fine. fine. (laughs) Yeah, but you will be able to hit me. You will be able to hit me. I'll be crying. There might be snot. You never know. (laughs) All caps in the slack. (laughs) That's something to look forward to, Miles. Snotty crying cat on Tuesday night. <laughs> I mean, uh, what else could you want in life, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm excited for cat. I think this is uh this is good news. <laughs> I don't really I well, there's not really a lot more I can add. I feel like cat steep dives are always so like detailed and insightful. It's actually really fun just to sit back and listen to all the intricacies of what's going on but it's just nice news like you said toys for bob are a great studio and they really deserve to have the creative freedom to work on what they want so you know whether it's whether it is crash or whether it is going to be a spyro you know i hope for cat's sanity it is spyro at this point um as long as they've been able to make the games that they want to and having the freedom to do it i feel like it's one of those stories where like the studio a bit like what um respawn have done with ea where they're almost so good at what they do despite the publisher wanting them to work on other things and do other projects, they're just too good at what they do to deny them it. Um, and I feel like Toys for Bob have kind of pulled that rabbit out of the hat with Activision as well. Um, but yeah, I don't have anything else to add. I think it's great news. I want Toys for Bob to do well. And as much as I don't like Activision, Toys for Bob, we can always see them as like a separate entity who are doing good work in a in a shitty company. Um, so yeah, I wish them all the best and fingers crossed that this is Spyro and we can deal with a snotty, groveling, overly excited cat <laughs> when we finally get a trailer. Even if it's just like a teasing trailer, I think that'll be enough, won't it? Mm. Like, and joining the Gamescom Open Night Live podcast, it's Cat. How are you doing, Kat? Yeah, I've just bought an Xbox Series X on Amazon. It's coming tomorrow. So ready for Spyro 4. <laughs> you know that TikTok where it like, slams the door open. It's like, ding dong. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's me. <laughs> That'll be me if they're saying exclusive to Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> 
Amazon like everyone ready. Cat's gonna buy an Xbox. Right, let's move on to very quickly. Um, Tom put this news in um that I thought was well worth talking about. Um, I won't go over too long, but Starfield are modders are already preparing for the crappy launch of Starfield. Um, this is a fascinating story. Um it would seem that the Bethesda Massive are already very aware that Starfield is going to launch in a buggy, crappy mess. And so they're trying to get ahead of that by modding bugs ready to go to go in to fix the game upon release. Um, now, this is the world we live in, apparently, Tom. This is pretty exciting. As an outsider, for someone who has no real interest in Starfield yet, this is quite fascinating. It's... It's not a good look when a group is already so proficient in fixing your like untouched bugs in your engine for over a decade that they're just getting ready months in advance to to fix the messes that will be there. Make it making big open world games, there's gonna be bugs, we've accepted it. Bethesda have really like shot himself in the foot in the last few years, specifically with Fallout 76 and the state that that launched in. Like the irony of Todd being like, it just works. And then it fucking didn't. It's, it's, I just, I just thought it was like really funny that this is already happening. Like we don't like. No one's played it yet. How are they get, like? I don't know how. I don't know how they're preparing to to fix it. I I don't know what steps they're taking. I'm assuming they're just getting together and making a schedule, as opposed to actually setting guidelines. Because the game's not out yet, right? But yeah, this is this is the stupidest fucking thing. <laughs> like, wow. Like, and like Bethesda will get away with it like this game's gonna probably do really well and mm. review really well because their games apart from 76 which didn't even get that awful reviews as far as I remember they they seem to like have a get out of jail free card just because their games are big so it's fine that they're fucking busted at launch yeah, it's always the case with Bethesda games. They always seem to get a buy because they're Bethesda. I mean, could could surprise us all and release a game that doesn't break if you do even the slightest thing that they don't expect. But well, the list they've got is like the mod page for the upcoming Starfield mod. <laughs> the upcoming Starfield mod for a game that is still months away from release. Yep. List the scope of the project, which includes fixing misplaced objects, <laughs> script errors, inconsistencies in item properties, faulty quests, game-breaking exploits, missing attributes like tags, and spelling errors. Because they just expect it. Like, because they bad. just expect it's, it, and yet we're meant bad. to go, oh yeah, that makes sense. It's bad that it's expected. This shouldn't be news. And it definitely isn't good news. Like this is this should this will get this should get no one hype for Starfield. Like this this type of news story. Like, oh yeah, this huge huge company that milks their franchises uh are gonna release a quality product mm -hmm. we'll see what happens when it comes out i'm not super hyped for starfield i'll play it it'll be on game pass so 
I'll play it. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's gonna be a mess. I'm excited for the mess and not having to pay for it. <laughs> I am excited for not having to pay for the mess. Exactly for that. Um, Miles, does this get me hype for Starfield? No, <laughs> there wasn't hype for Starfield as it was. Um, I think this is partly born out of the fact of, like Tom's touched on, like everything Bethesda does in the recent history has been either kind of taking advantage of their goodwill or taking advantage of their audience and community. And everyone knows that Bethesda's games are just a train wreck at launch. Like they always are. Fallout 76 was just a giant train wreck of hundreds of issues all the way down to people getting into the dev room and having access to every item in the game and then what they did was just blanket ban anyone who accessed it you know they <laughs> did you ever hear the story of how they made people write essays in order to get their accounts back if they cheated no oh my god so what <laughs> so fallout 76 when people got to the dev room and took all the items which was bethesda's folds they left access to it in the game um they would then ban people who had whether they'd taken anything from it or not. So what people do was they would then duplicate and put it onto another account of theirs on like a separate character. So that one would get banned, but then the other character would have all the stuff in the game and wouldn't get banned because they hadn't gone in the room. And then what they would do is they would <laughs> email the accounts they banned and say, hey, we banned you. If you want your account back, write us a 500 word essay on why cheating is bad in online games. And maybe we'll give you your account back. And by the way, how did you get into the dev room? So they were effectively <laughs> asking people like, we don't know how you're doing it and we really need to fix this. So could you tell us how you're cheating, please? And we'll give you your account back maybe. And then we can fix it. it was we don't cool. know how to fix our own game. Please um, tell us. And nothing sums up Bethesda better than that. We don't know how we've broken our own game and we don't know how to fix it. So please hackers break into our game and tell us how, and then we'll ban you. Um, so with Starfield, when that gameplay trailer was released, the frame rate looked dodgy. And I think people were looking at the facial animations as well when there was that kind of interacting dialogue. It's got that very static, old Mass Effect style of interaction. I think people will probably do mods on like how you interact, like they did with the Fallout 4 stuff, where they changed the dialogue interactions. Um, because effectively on Fallout 4, it was a crapshoot. If you picked an option, they then say something completely nondescript of what your option looked like it would be um so i think lots of things like that they're going to assume are going to be in starfield and they're going to basically be preempting the issues that have come up time and time again um i do think starfield is going to be a good game i don't think it's going to be a skyrim i don't think it's going to be you know this 10 out of 10 masterpiece of creation because it's just not how bethesda work anymore um, and I think the biggest problem Bethesda have is the hype that Todd Howard keeps building for his own games. He makes this rod for his own back. Um, but it just it just speaks volumes of the way, like you said, Bethesda kind of get by on the fact that their community do so much of the work for them to fix their games and make them as good as they should be. Um, instead of actually just taking their time and releasing a game properly and actually having an engine that works instead of spaghetti code. Um and it's no fault of the devs themselves. You know, these games are massive. They're so ambitious. You know, the people that work on them work incredibly hard, but you can just tell it's just not a studio that knows how to get it right first time. But it's also testament to the community. You know, they're already banding together, ready to put in dozens of hours worth of their time to fix something that they're really passionate about. And I think that is great, but it just shouldn't be taken for granted. You know, and I think Bethesda takes that audience for granted of almost free labor to fix their shitty broken games when they release them um 
But I do think Starfield will be good. I'm not particularly hyped about it, but I think it is going to be a, a good open world, well, open galaxy exploration game. Um, I don't know whether I'm going to play it yet. I'm going to wait and see. I'm going to hold my horses on it. But yeah, it's just another funny story. Bethesda are just a bit of a meme at the moment. Oh, God. I can't. I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see how bad it is at launch. That's oh. what I'm excited about. <laughs> I'm excited about the fallout, so to speak, of um, nice of uh, Starfield because it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. <laughs> it's going to be a glorious sight. Fallout it's... New Vegas crashed on me three times in my first hour. Wow, my god! I mean, that's the hilarious thing about um, about Bethesda games in general, isn't it? Is is that you know Starfield. It, it got announced as an Xbox exclusive, and before anyone saw anything, it was like, "Oh, game of the year, game of the year, best game ever, game, game of the year, best game ever." Xbox wins. What? Todd's at it again. Yeah. So, so to me, that was like, "Nah, fuck Starfield. I don't care about it." <laughs> and you know, the gameplay trailer didn't do an awful lot for me either. Um, I will play it because it, you know, it's on Game Pass. I'll, I'll load it up on my PC and I'll and I'll check it out. But you know, am I expecting gold? No. No, I'm expecting. Bethesda and uh, a polished, a polished turd without indeed. polish. <laughs> indeed. Um, Kat, are you going to join the modding community to fix Starfield? No, I couldn't give a shit. Um, <laughs> right, okay, let's move on. <laughs> no, but like you said, Ross, like for me and you, we've always been the ones of like, why is everyone like creaming over a title screen that we yeah. don't know, that we don't know anything about? We know nothing about it. It's not like it's a sequel to anything. I just don't I, don't, I don't fathom it. But also, like, it just it just reminds me of Cyberpunk without the honesty. Like, guys, 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 our game fucked, mate. It's fucked. Do you know what? But you can help us fix it. Never mind. <laughs> Fucking just. No, you can spend seventy pounds. It's the game. We ain't even shit game. We ain't even touched it to be honest. You can fix all the fucking bugs, you mm. wankers. Um, thanks yeah. for the 70 quid, by the way. Much appreciated. That's exactly how, yeah. When I read <laughs> that, I was like, mm, okay, cool. I was like, that's, that's what we're doing in the community now. Instead of a team doing it, they're just like, fuck it. People will pay to do that, right? Won't they? Oh, they'll yeah. get a retweet out of it. Thanks, dude. Thanks, uh, like Harry Schlotter 485, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. Thanks for fixing all the spelling errors that Mike forgot to put in. <laughs> oh, Mike, you crazy you were. <sighs> Damn. Here's a, here's a $20 million bonus just for being you. Literally. Oh, dear. Anyway, that's a very funny story, and I'm going to keep an eye on that um, <laughs> ahead of Starfield's launch uh, next year. Very exciting. Uh, right, then, let's get into our main topic, which is uncomfortable gaming moments. We've been wanting to do this one for a little while, but um, game news has always got in the way. Um, but, yeah, there are moments that we're getting closer to, uh, you know, the spooky season, and so we thought we'd... Uh, lean into that a little bit on this episode and there are moments in video games that do make us feel a little wobbly a little shaky and um it'd be interesting to see which ones the finger guns crew have chosen to talk about so i'm going to start with let's see i'm going to pick someone at random uh tom woods yeah um i've got i've got two what one of them is not a moment in a game but it's game adjacent and the other one is from a game so my my from a game one is playing alien isolation in vr uh fucked me up (laughs) (laughs) um i i played the game on xbox 
when it came out, beat it, really liked it. It was scary for the first few hours, and then it, you get used to what it throws at you. Um, a few years ago, I had a VR. I had an Oculus Rift S for a little while. I don't anymore. But the uh, the Alien Isolation VR mod came out. Uh, the game was planned to have it, so there was already like implementation in the game itself, and somebody just switched it on and jiggered with it. And uh, I full on had to quit doing it because I was panic sweating. Like it was awful. And it was the very first alien encounter where it comes out of a vent in a scripted scene. So I knew I was totally safe. I was in no danger. But that extra level of immersion that VR gives you like a full scale xenomorph is fucking terrifying and the atmosphere that that game has already is incredible um even outside of vr it it i i lit i literally had to stop like my heart was pounding i was sweating it was awful um yeah alien isolation in vr is the scariest thing i've ever played hands down the the vr implementation is really good because it was kind of being worked on anyway um, by Creative Assembly, I think, that made Alien Isolation. I might, I'm totally wrong. It's the people that make the Total War games anyway. And I love Alien Isolation, but I could not do it in VR. It was, the, it was like the most terrified I've been in my life, hands down, out of, a, out of any situation, gaming or not. Uh, my, my I aunt- really want to watch you play that now. It's not going to happen, Ross, because I'll die. I'm going to need that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to need you to live stream that. Um, Don't have an Oculus Rift anymore. I will so. pay. I will pay for the <laughs> Oculus Rift. No, <laughs> I will get you a MetaQuest Two. And my God, be fine. I'll just get a box that arrives at my door with a like blood scrawled note. Do it. <laughs> Can you imagine if I actually went out and bought you a MetaQuest Two, and then you didn't do this? That would be really weak on your part. I think. Yeah, playing the long game, joining yeah. finger guns to get an Oculus. Uh, no, it's it's it was great, but I just, I couldn't do it. It's the scariest thing ever in an already. I think, I think Paul said. Game. I think Paul said a similar thing when he played it. He it's, said he said there's no fear like it. It's there something. really isn't because the 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 big deal with VR is obviously scale. Uh, playing games like Fallout and Skyrim in VR were totally different, just purely on scale. So the idea that an actual full-scale xenomorph could just be right there ready to bite into your face is like a constant fear. And I, I'd already played the game, right? Like I knew when I knew I was safe. I was in a scripted event. It was the tutorial, but no, I, I, it, was, it was too much. Okay, what was your other one? My other one is just the general concept that Five Nights at Freddy's is marketed to kids. It's fucked up. <laughs> it's fucked up. That game is about a, a child serial killer and possessed robots that eat children. And it's marketed as cute fun for kids. It's such tonal whiplash. I don't understand it. Obviously, kids latch on to fun designs. They're well designed, like obviously, gen like purposefully creepy, but those aren't games for kids. 
that'd be like releasing a i don't know scarface action figure <laughs> like for a kid you know like the tone is just so wrong and it I, like i've walked through tesco and seen like funko pops of freddy or like little action figures of these in the kids toy aisle I'm like, that's a that's a dead child possessing that robot though like none of the i don't think the kids really know the plot of it i think they just watch youtubers play it and that's why the merch line kicked off it just gives me a bad feeling I don't understand it, but kids are weird. Kids like weird shit. I liked weird shit as a kid, so I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> it's, it's oh, it just it's just a tonal weirdness that has always rubbed me the wrong way. Well, there you go. You've learned something about Tom tonight, ladies and gentlemen. He's scared of virtual aliens and little robots. I'm not scared of the robots, Ross. Okay, we've, you've made that pretty clear that you're scared. I just of the don't like that's them what you said. being that's marketed what you said. to kids. Yeah, verbatim, word for word. Yeah, yep, yep, that's what I like, heard. Cut, cut me out of concept, context. Cut everything I just said and replace it with, I'm scared of these robots. Well, I edit this thing, so I have that power. It's going to happen. Yeah. I'm, yeah, like I'm, sorry, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> um, Kat, uncomfortable moments uncomfortable moments not just like in general just like when you're out and there's like creepy men everywhere oh all the time um, all the time yeah, like every yeah, day course, every yeah. day is uncomfortable yeah because the world is a scary place um <laughs> uh uncomfortable moments oh, i've i've gone through for like the other side of the spectrum of uncomfortable i've gone f- for like not scary uncomfortable but like pedo uncomfortable <laughs> so i've got a couple and what i mean by pedo uncomfortable is like pedophiles aren't the obvious scary. opposite they make me feel fucking icky like they give you that ick feeling like that feeling of like oh i don't want to do this and i do have a couple but um I, I, there was loads so i initially saw this on a reddit and i thought this would just be really fun to talk about because i'd just be interested um the one that comes to my mind personally is uh the the one in heavy rain where she has to strip for information that really fucks me up in a really weird way like just you've got to like take off articles of clothing and then you you can eventually choose to hit him around the head with the lamp but oh i don't know why but it just made me it's done really slowly and it's done really like it's just not done in a nice way um that that's one of them um the second one for me is the sex scene in the last of us part two what why why was that needed that's like watching your parents have sex there's something about that particular sex scene that is not sexy hot or really neutral it's just yeah. it gives me it gives me that emoji with the eyebrows just it's like so aggressive it's yeah so it's aggressive. so unnecessarily aggressive it's so forced and it's so fucking visceral and brute like it's just so in your face why why was that put in it's just so like so unnecessarily detailed (laughs) and i don't know why it just makes me feel really ick um and the third one it's art neil Druckmann says it's art fucking art it was weird it was unnecessary um the third one is for me uncomfortable is at the beginning of detroit 
where you have to make the decision because of course it's right at the beginning so you don't even probably know that you can do this yet where you make the decision to intervene with the dad todd being the shower of the uh, child yeah and david you're hearing cage it and you're hearing it yeah david C- yeah yeah i've actually picked two david cage games like he's just the guy's an ick guy's an icky guy he, he really knows how to make an audience feel uncomfortable um, but yeah that that scene where like you can hear hear her what's her name alice isn't it alice i feel like her name's alice um and it is can, alice yeah and you can just hear her be like stop it stop ah! and he's like you fucking and you can just hear it and then you're like you have you've been ordered to stay still as a robot and then you realize that you can move and you're like oh shit do i do I go upstairs? And then so many outcomes can happen from you intervening or not intervening. So, like, spoiler alert, it's 10 years. It's, the game's, like, five years old, so, like, tough to use if you already... There's a statute of limitations on these things. But obviously, if you don't intervene, that storyline ends. You're done. That's it. The end. Like, it's not really a spoiler because you can play the game a million times and find out the other plot lines. But, yeah, so that. And then special shout-out to the end of Heavy Rain where he has to cut off his own finger about anaesthetic. <laughs> yeah it's not scary that was fun like it was just (laughs) they did it so well as well and whoever mocap that like fantastic um it's not scary but it's just like when you have to pick the instrument that you cut his finger off with and like it vibrates and you have to like oh the trigger and the Mm, no no and it's obviously without any pain and you know the acting is stellar in that but uh yeah those are mine that come to mind there were loads on that reddit thing but i had to really think for myself like what have i played that just makes me feel like like scrunches my face up and that those scrunch my face up david k just really haunted your dreams isn't he mm. <laughs> yeah really really <laughs> he's the fucking worst he yeah but that's so good though i love it when you know it's considered in performing it's considered quite a skill to make your audience uncomfortable like it's a whole yeah. part of like it's um I think it's Brechtian, Brechtian type of acting. I did it in drama level. Um where um you I think it's Brechtian. It's not Stanislavski. Anywho, basically his 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 thing is all about making the audience uncomfortable. And the more you make them uncomfortable, the more skillful you are as an actor because it means you're really portraying the emotion and really conveying it. Blah 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 blah. And I think that is a real skill to to do in films or games or anything like that because to make something not scary, but to make you not not feel anything, that's pretty pretty difficult. So and to also mm. not make it mockery as well because that finger scene could have easily been like, oh, that's just stupid. But he really goes for it. Like <laughs> So yeah, those are mine. Yeah, the lack of fun and enjoyment in Detroit Become Human made me very uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> that's so fucking rude. It's a fucking great game. It, How dare it, you, Ross? It, it really isn't. It uh, really Miles. Is. <laughs> Before I'm we go down this particular this. road, let's dare you. <laughs> well, funnily enough, I also have another David Cage one. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> so back before the heavy rains and the Detroits, he did a game called Fahrenheit, or what was it otherwise called? Uh, Indigo Prophecy. It's also called. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the sex scene in that thing is probably one of the most hideous abominations to ever exist in anything ever. Um, it's like I'm pretty sure the dude at this point is like semi dead, and he's like ghostly white and 
weird and then he has sex and it's really it's a it's awful they're like dry humping and it's it's disgusting never don't ever do it to yourself and watch that scene um that wasn't my main one my main one was dead space 2 because of the fucking eye needle man the eye needle so anyone who play who has played dead space 2 knows that towards the end of the game you have to inject a certain thing into your eyesight to do something i can't remember what the context of it was because i was too busy heaving at this point and you have to sit on a chair and this needle comes down and you control the needle and Isaac's like squirming, his eyes moving around. And effectively, you have to guide the needle into the very center of his eye. And I have this massive, horrible thing about eyes. They're like my worst nightmare. I can watch people be hurt, punch, whatever. It's not nice, but I can tolerate it. Anything to do with eyes makes me physically uncomfortable to the point where I feel sick. And having to do this section was one of the worst things I've ever had to do in a game. And I had to do it like four times um, because I did a hardcore playthrough and I screwed up. And I had to make my save on my hardcore playthrough before that moment. And I had to do it twice because I fucked it up both times. And if you screw it up and miss, this needle punctures and then destroys his entire face and eye. And, it, um, and it's just absolutely vile. So that was a big one. Absolutely hate that thing. Even thinking about it now is making me uncomfortable. Um, but I also had the no Russian mission from Modern Warfare 2. Um, it didn't especially bother me at the time because I was that edgy kind of teenager where I thought violence didn't really matter. Um, where you walk into an airport and shoot dozens or hundreds of civilians um, as part of the campaign. And it was quite controversial at the time. Um, and also Spec Ops The Line because there's a, a section in Spec Ops where you fire white phosphorus at what you and your character believe to be kind of enemy combatants semi but you sort of also know that they're allies but you're kind of fighting against them and what you actually find out is that you white phosphorus a bunch of civilians um and it shows it in really quite harrowing detail uh so that you see the after effects of it and if you've never heard of white phosphorus it's like an incendiary explosive where it doesn't kill you on impact it basically sets all of your skin on fire and you burn to death from the outside in um and it's banned in pretty much every country in the world it's very very rarely if ever used um because it's so horrible in its effects and the game does it really expertly of being like oh you've done this thing and you don't actually see the effects of it while you're doing it and then you walk into the aftermath and you have to witness it all and it is pretty like oh fuck i've i've done a pretty pretty awful thing here um and i think that's one of the few times the game has genuinely made me be like oh i did that I'm quite a horrible person. Um, so yeah, I wanted to throw out a couple of those ones because I think they're quite quite uncomfortable moments in uh, quite significant games. Yeah, uh, Spec Ops is a good shout. That is a that is an unsettling moment. That whole game is unsettling, to be perfect. Yeah, it is. It's true. That's why I love it. I think it's one of the few games that really goes all in on the whole and we're not just going to make you sort of feel uncomfortable but have a fun time it's the entire game is uncomfortable um yeah to prove it's kind of narrative kind of chops really but uh yeah what were yours roscoe kind of amazing we've never seen it again actually spec ops or anything similar oh really yeah, yeah. i feel like i feel like it kind of i don't know maybe it should stay in the past i don't know but it didn't it's... really sell that was the problem no no it didn't it wasn't nowhere near as big enough as it should have been i think no, I agree. It's one of my sure. favorite games ever. It's brilliant. Um, I could talk. I mean, I could talk about Edith Finch um, from beginning to end, um, but I'm not going to spoil it. I think the Statue of Limitations has probably ended on Edith Finch, but you just have to experience it. So I'm not going to ruin it here. Um, 
I guess I guess the biggest one for me is still um Sarah in The Last of Us. Um I still think as an opening to a game that was oh, yeah. pretty shocking. And I remember having tears in my eyes as the credits rolled, like the opening credits. I'm like, what the hell is this game? <laughs> you know, because no game has ever done that to me before. And, you know, we don't know Sarah. We've known her for five or ten minutes. You know, she we get to control her very, very briefly. Um, we learn about, you know, the outbreak as they're, as they're trying to escape. And it's, it's just such a horrifying moment because you know exactly what's happened as soon as he pulls his gun. And... You know, it's kind of amazing. I remember watching the behind the scenes or the making of The Last of Us. Um, there's a movie called Grounded, which is on YouTube. It's well worth checking out if you haven't already. It's it it's uh, incredible. Um, and they they did that scene like twenty times, and those times they were like crying and crying and crying and crying. And of course, in the in the actual game, Joel is he's not crying. He's kind of keeping it all in. He's being very. Um. I don't know, very, very tough with the situation. He's not letting himself out, but Troy would like, there were moments where Troy Baker would just explode in tears. And um, Neil Druckmann kind of said, right, we got it. That's great. And then he called him back in like a week later to do it again. And neither Troy Baker or the actress that played Sarah was happy about that because they were like, we got that bit. And they were both annoyed they had to do it again or kind of like heartbroken they had to do it again because they have to go to those places again to kind of recapture that scene. And it was fascinating to watch. And as a player, you know, you're you're completely out of control of that moment because you can't save Sarah. And that's that's obviously the the pinnacle in the moment that is so important to Joel's overall story and his connection with or lack of connection, if you like, with Ellie. And that moment, you know, it, it just it overshadows the entire game because there's always that moment that you know that's the reason why Joel isn't so open or so free with Ellie until obviously the very end. So yeah, that moment sticks with me all the time. I mean, there's so many moments in um, The Last of Us 2 which stay with me, you know, obviously um, Joel and you know, Abby losing the, what's his face in the area man, it's been so long since I played it, I can't remember anymore, but um, yeah, it's, it's just everyone losing each other in The Last of Us, when you get to know these characters is always very, very sad, but of course it's meant to be that way because that's how the game is designed and but you're meant to feel uncomfortable throughout this game. You're meant to feel unsettled the entire time, and that's what it does best. So I think, you know, Sarah is still number one for me in terms of games that make me feel very uh, very unsettled and very uh, worried for what's to come because I was always on the edge of my seat in The Last of Us because there was always a moment where I was like, I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know what's what's going to be around that corner. You know, um, it was the zombies and the clickers ne- never really bothered me. It was always the human stories that had the, the most profound effect. And that remains to this day. I can't wait to see, you know, what the hell happens next. Uh, but in terms of, yeah, uncomfortable gaming moments, I think The Last of Us for me has got that sewed up in a very nice, tight little bow. Um, I refuse to play David Cage games anymore um, after after the abomination that was Detroit Become Human. So I can I can't really comment on those but it was there are there are so many and there's probably loads that we haven't even thought of um and we can probably we can probably come back to this topic one day in the future and there'll be tons of different new ones that we can choose from but yeah it's an interesting topic for sure and one that's um one that's worth revisiting probably with other people to see kind of the different ways that game game can have these profound effects on you um 
if anything, just to see Tom play Alien Isolation VR. I think that's something we all want. It's not happening. <laughs> oh, that would be so much fun. Uh, right, then let's get to our recommendations. This is where we found something throughout the week that we'd like to share with you, our dear listener, whether it be a game, a movie, a TV show, a book, a fan, or a Hoover. I don't know. I'm looking at things in my room. Uh, Tom, do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, I mentioned it earlier, but Netflix uploaded a, a final episode for season one of The Sandman. It's a really great end point. It's like a nice little coda to the whole series. It's got a lot of the same themes that run throughout. Really handles some quite dark subject matter from the original story adapts uh in calliope it handles it really well um it's just it's just a fucking great show i love it david tellinson isn't he in this final episode he's got a very very small voice role um the first the first 15 minutes are a animated um short called dreams of a thousand cats he plays an owner of a cat that I think has like four or five lines. <laughs> so he is in it. I mean, I mean, and Arthur Darville from Doctor Who. Hey! He, he is in. He is the main character in Calliope. Uh, the yay is a bit enthusiastic. He is not a good guy. <laughs> oh, but it's Arthur Darville. I love yeah, Arthur yeah. Darville. Oh no, he's great in it. Um, he, Rory, he, you you see a man turn from well-meaning but desperate to just completely awful in in, in about 45 minutes it's very very good cool i need more other darville in my life i saw him on stage in a musical called once and he was superb so all the more arthur darville thank you very much tom uh miles your recommendation this week is it called uh yeah well i mean <laughs> Coldplay was gonna be it but i kind of uh jumped the gun a little bit at the start with that um i'd also recommend the guilty it's a movie with jake jill and all in it uh which we watched yesterday i think it was yesterday um and as is typical for jake jill Hall, he gives quite an intense performance i don't think he ever does like a laid-back character ever um and he plays uh a character that you find out is a police detective, but he's been assigned to answering 911 calls. You don't really initially know why, but he's showing like signs and symptoms of PTSD and you're not really sure what's going on. And then he gets a, a 911 call from a lady who's been abducted. Um, and there's like a lot of mystery. There's a lot of kind of not sure what's going on or why he's like this or why he's interacting with people so weirdly um, and all this kind of stuff. So it's kind of like a suspense thriller type movie. Um, and it's it's a good movie. It's not amazing. It's not like the best thing you'll watch. And I think it was made on quite a budget because it's set in like one room and Jake Gyllenhaal, you know, covers 95% of the screen time. It weirdly um, has like a massive cast in regards to like full start. Ethan Hawke is a voice in it. Yeah. Uh, Bill Burr's a voice in it. What? Like they don't even show their face. It's really yeah so like most of these people he kind of interacts with just like over the phone so you hear their voices but you also I, we didn't recognize any of their voices while watching um no and it's based on a true story as well yeah and it's it's pretty good yeah it's not like the best thing ever but i think it's worth a watch and it's just a good like thriller to check out really i think it was on netflix we watched it so 
yeah, I just wanted to give a bit of a shout out to that. But otherwise, if you can go see Coldplay, go and see Coldplay because they're fucking amazing. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, it is, it's on my Netflix watches, actually. I remember seeing the trailer and thinking, oh, that looks pretty dope. So yeah. I'll, uh, I will get around to it. It's one of those nice. things where the problem is it's on Netflix. So, like, oh, it's on Netflix. It'll be there forever. I'll get to it. <laughs> you know. And then it isn't. <laughs> yeah. And then it's gone. Exactly. But yeah, enjoy uh, it if, if you do watch it. Absolutely. Uh, Kat, your recommendation? Uh, my recommendation is a game called No Time to Relax. So if you've ever played like Payday or the Game of Life, it's kind of like a Primark version of that. And if you're a kind of avid trophy hunter, you can get all the trophies in an hour. Um, but it has got like a really fun kind of concept where you only have so much time in the day and you have to live your life. So you like have to travel from place to place and you have to work and you have to get money but then you have to afford your apartment but then you have to pay rent uh but then you're hungry and it's it's just a good kind of little kind of just simulation game and you can play it online you, you can play it competitively as well with like other players i just played it by myself and i had fun by myself it's a really really short game and you can make it as long as or short as you want with rounds um it's kind of like a bird's eye view of a big city um and he'll run out of clothes eventually and then like you'll have to pay for the clothes but you have to go to work to pay for the clothes and going to work and also as well like to get a better job you have to go to university and you can only do so much in one day and then you'll lose time based on what you didn't do so like if you didn't eat that day then you'll be like then it'll be like your character was hungry lose two hours of the next day so you don't even have less time to like sort your life out and it's just it's like a fun little concept um and i i really enjoyed it i think i picked it up for a couple of quid on the on the playstation store um i think it's quite a nice family game i think it's quite a good game to play um, with some friends if you've got some friends around um it can be played locally or it can be played online with friends um and it's a good 100 percenter. you know it's, it's quick and easy to learn and yeah i had fun so uh that's my recommendation if you fancy a bit of something different uh it's a bit like a board game in a in a video game so yeah. Nice. That's nice. me. No, I love, I love that. Uh, but, uh, Let me start that again, Kat. Let me start that again. <laughs> um, I like the sound of that. That sounds like that sounds like good fun. Yeah, it's it's actually really good fun. Is it like couch co-op and stuff like that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. I think it is couch co-op. I think yes, it is actually from my <laughs> memory. Um, so we could have a night in yours. We'll just play that all night. Literally, we could play Overcooked, Jackbox, and this. Done. Yes, <laughs> sounds good to me. Um, rather than let's get into out this week and out this week we have the Elder Scrolls Online Update 35 Lost D something what's it called Lost Depths that's the one Lost Depths coming to PC and Stadia um, August 23rd sees a small game called Saints Row coming to all the places I believe uh, except for Nintendo Switch Um, hey who knows if we have coverage for Saints Row coming I can't tell you that do we? I have no idea. Miles, do we have coverage from Saints Row? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who it's knows indeed? It's just a mystery. It really is a mystery. Um, August 23rd sees the PlayStation release and PC of Midnight Flight Express. This is currently on Xbox Game Pass, if you do want to check it out. But um, yeah, coming to other consoles also on the 23rd. August 23rd also sees the release of Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Raider? Well, are you? We may or may not have a review for that as well coming up this week. So many reviews, so little time. August 23rd as well, if you're into Destiny 2, 
Don't forget the Destiny 2 showcase from Bungie is coming that day. God knows what they've got to show. They've never done one of these before, so assuming it's relatively big, looking forward to it. August 24th, we have Flat Heroes coming to Xbox Series X and Xbox One. Flat Heroes is a great game. I don't know if you've played it before, but damn, it's a lot of fun. A very uh, 2D kind of puzzly adventure, spidey puzzle game. It's wild um, and a lot of fun. Um, August 25th sees Starless coming to PC. Uh, we've been covering that a fair bit, so if you do go on Thinking Guns, you'll be able to find a lot more about it there. And um, hmm. that's pretty much it. Um, so yeah, Soul Hackers 2 is also coming on August 26th to PlayStation 5 and PC. But that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all very much indeed for listening. Don't forget, if you want to follow us, you can follow us absolutely everywhere. Just go to the link tree in the description below to find us in all the places. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can at FNGRGNS. All of our individual handles are in the description below, of course, except for Miles. He's smart and not on Twitter. If you really like what we do, why not follow our Patreon? For one dollar a month, you can keep the podcast live on its various podcast setting services and keep the website nice and shiny. Lights will guide you home. Anyway, until then. Beautiful. Thank you very much. That was stunning. That was like being back at the concert. <laughs> I'm assuming in like when the electric guitar kicks in to fix you, when it's like all the lights just went crazy and Sobs. everything just started going mad. Just sobbing. It, oh, yeah. I know. Everyone's crying. crying. Everything's sad. <laughs> Everyone's loving it. It's great. Yeah. It's a it's a cracking, cracking moment. Um, but yeah, that's it. Um, I will I will talk to these guys more about Godplay. Probably off the podcast though, because we all want to go to bed. Um, it is goodbye from Tom Woods. Goodbye. It is goodbye from Miles Thompson. Hello. And it is goodbye from Chris Martin. I mean Cap. <laughs> Bye. And it's goodbye from me. I've been Roscoe. We will see you for the Gamescom opening night live reaction special. Maybe on Wednesday, maybe on Thursday. Who knows? We'll figure it out. But until then, keep an eye on your podcast feeds and you'll see it go live. I've been Roscoe. Until next time. Bye.